Isn't he good? Amen. Isn't it amazing when we challenge the devil yeah. <laughs> and say what we have done or going to do, how he comes right around and just takes us captive at his own will while we get ready? You know? pay to brag much, you know that? That's right. <laughs> it does no pay because later on down the road he lets you get by with something because he's setting you up for something else. Something real big. Yeah. I just want to read about the beginning of the fourth chapter about the uh, fourth verse and uh, we'll be dealing pretty much through the chapter and it just simply says and he must needs go through Samaria. Father, we thank you. You've been good to us, Lord, and your spirit has been here and we just love your spirit father and the response that people have with your spirit and i pray master that in this portion of time lord that you would just give us mind to hear give us mind to understand father and let us know that you speak to us for our good for our salvation for our life father to make it a better life and we pray, Father, that we would respond to that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated quite some time. And I'm not right real sure where we're going with this. Uh, so often, for several years, I have been a user of notes ever since I had my uh, spell with the heart for about seven or eight years. And I, my memory was not good. And in order to keep me on track, I begin to use notes, and I've become a little bit dependent on that, and then my writing is getting so bad I can't read my notes, and I'm wondering where the Lord is leaving me. So maybe He just wants me to kind of trust Him a little bit and see what happens. But as I uh, begin to read in that chapter, Jesus is coming from Judea and uh, going into Galilee, and uh, the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. Now, if you was going to take the foot route there, you would have to go through Samaria. But the Jews, for the most part, and the travelers, uh, would go up the Mediterranean Sea or go up the Jordan River to avoid contact with Samaritans because they were at odds. And uh, the Samaritans was worshiping in one mountain and... Jerusalem, or the Jews was claiming Jerusalem was where you ought to worship. But Jesus felt a need to go through Samaria. And so he did. And you'll see in that writing uh, that that need was to come in contact with just one woman. Just one individual. There wasn't crowds there thronging. But he had a need to come through Samaria. Had a need to go to Jacob's well. city called Sychar. And the uh, Bible says a parcel of ground that was given to uh, Joseph, Jacob's son Joseph. And it says Jacob's well was there. And Jesus was tired on his journey. And uh, he sat down uh, on the well and it was about the sixth hour. Now that's about high noon. It's pretty hot in that area about high noon. And... Most of the ladies, of course, would not attempt to draw water at that time. But this lady, as you later on understand, that she was trying to avoid the stares and contacts of other ladies because of the life she'd lived. And uh, Jesus, sitting on the well, there comes a woman to draw some water. And Jesus just simply says, 
give me to drink. His disciples were gone away to buy some food. And uh, the woman responds immediately, How is it that you, being a Jew, ninth verse, asketh drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans? And then Jesus has a chance to introduce something that we overlook if we're not careful. He simply says, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that thou sayest to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman, of course, astonished and said, Sir, you don't have anything, 11th verse, to draw with, and the well is deep, and from which then that thou hast living water. Goes on to say, Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof, his children and cattle? And Jesus answered, 13th verse, And saith unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh, 14th verse, of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto eternal life. It wasn't just a drip of something. It was a well of water, and uh, it was a fountain. It was a spring because it said springing up into eternal life. Not the kind of wells we have scattered over the country that catch rainwater and all that. Cisterns, it was a well, and it was fed by a spring. And Jesus said, if you knew who I was and understood who I was and who you was talking to, then you would understand that this was a natural well. You come to draw, you take your water pot home, and then you'll have to come back again. But he's saying, spiritually speaking, that if you knew who I was, then you would ask me of water. And the woman answered, and Jesus goes on to... She simply says, 15 verse, Sir, give me this water that I first not, neither come hither to draw. She was interested in something. I'm sure she didn't understand exactly uh, what this man was talking about, but she had come to that well. She had been despised by her uh, fellow sisters, so to speak, and uh, it was hot and it was laborious to carry the water pots, however it was, and she was interested in finding something that would last forever. And uh, Jesus simply says, uh, Go and call your husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus, looking into her life, uh, simply said, I know that. You've had five husbands, and the one you're living with now is not your husband, and you have spoken truly. And the woman then says, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And then she says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Sumerians worship, Samaritans worshipped outside of Jerusalem since the split of the ten tribes. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And then Jesus lays another one on her. 21st verse, he said, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what, you know, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus said unto her, I 
that speak unto you, and to thee am he. And upon this came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman, and direct translation to that is talk to a woman, because a rabbi never spent his time with a woman at any time, and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet nobody said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou to her? And then the 28th verse, The woman then left her water pot, and went her way into the city, and saith, and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all the things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Now I read all that to read this. The woman then left her water pot and went unto the city and saith unto the men, Come and see a man which told me all the things that I ever did. Now if I understand anything at all, this woman evidently had found something better than her natural water pots. And you cannot come into contact with Jesus without wanting to leave your own life. Without wanting to leave some of the things that have bogged you down all the years of your life. I want to be brazen enough to say tonight that I think it's about time a lot of us was to leave our water pot. Amen. Was to leave our natural inclinations our natural ideas and opinions and the things that upset us so much and cause us so much misery and come in contact with Jesus one more time in our life, a re-anointing of the power of the Holy Ghost in our life where we would just be glad to lay all of these things down and realize that there is a world out there that needs to hear about Jesus. This woman, of course, had spent all that time, filled her water pot, but as far as she was concerned, after she came in contact with the Master and understood who he was, she was not concerned about going home with the same thing she came with. She had a message that Jesus was the Messiah, and she went out and told that message. She left the thing that had dominated her life for a long time. And I began to wonder about leaving our water pot. I began to think about some of the water pots in our life. Is that all right? Some of the areas in our life that actually we have spent a lot of time and energy on. Some of our pet peeves. Some of our ideas and some of our opinions. And some of the things that bog us down. And some of the things that, that cause rebellion and anxieties in our life. Water pots that we've carried around. Water pots that are natural things, natural inclinations of the old Adamic nature that simply bog us down in every area, every way. And we need, again, I'm going to say it again, a reestablishment of the Holy Ghost in our life and leave those things and go out and realize there's a world out there that needs to know about Jesus Christ. Yes. Our old ways of prayer. My God, let's get a new avenue of prayer, saints. Let's understand what it means uh, to labor in prayer and pain to be delivered. Let's get a new idea of the walk with Jesus Christ. Let's get a new idea of the coming King. And let's understand, saints of God, that as long as we carry our own water pots around, there's nothing that we can do as far as the spiritual things of God. Turn me down just a little. I may not even need it other than taping. And uh, I thought as I looked at that, God, you help me tonight. You help me tonight not to unchristianize anybody. But you help me tonight to reach in to the heart 
of you and I here at Community Chapel and realize we need a visitation, a reestablishment of God in our life and move us out of old habits. We've settled down in our lease. We've got habitual in our worship. A lot of us don't know how to pray. A lot of us don't want to know how to pray. We still have different things that come up that brings anxiety and problems and trouble in our life and we don't know where Jesus is. We still let the old fleshly nature dominate our life. In other words, our old water pot is still there. Amen. Our old water pot is still there, which means really we need another contact with Jesus. This lady becomes so excited about living water in her heart and in her spirit that she wasn't concerned about that old thing anymore. She wanted to know about Jesus because he looked into her spirit. Now a lot of us, if, if a prophet or an apostle or even a pastor would look into your spirit, Tonight, and we can do that, you know. Amen. We can do that, you know. We look into your spirit and tell you, not near as much as Jesus told that lady. I mean, just look into your spirit and challenge you as to where your spirit in life is. You would become so irritated and so mad that you would probably want to do like they did Stephen. You'd probably want to gnash on them with your teeth. But yet this lady understood as he looked into her life. She understood that this was a man that was caring about her. This man was offering her something that she didn't have. And this man was laying her life bare and made her understand that she could not find the living water, and carry all these secrets in our heart. Preach, Brother Hoskins. It's good, but if I thought as I read that, my God, how namby-pamby we are as saints of God, and we simply don't want anybody to stir the water in our life. And somebody gets close to you, and somebody challenges you, and somebody some way or somehow tries to reach into your spirit, and cause you to draw closer to God, an old fleshly nature simply rebels and says, I don't want that. And so we stay the same with our old water pot, with our old fleshly nature, with our old water. Instead of realizing, as this lady did, hey, he wasn't getting down on her. He was trying to expound the truth to her. He was trying to say, in essence, to her that it doesn't make any difference what you are or what you have been, there is still living water for you in your life. And I, he wants you to understand that. He wants you to understand also that you can't keep these things in your spirit and in your life. You simply have to get them out of your life. But you cannot, and this is the thing that bothers me, you cannot come in contact with Jesus in the way we ought to and still stay the same. And yet, many of us have stayed the same. Which makes me wonder, have we really come in contact with the power of God as we ought to in our lives? There needs to be a change. Jesus on the inside. Sometimes that's as far as he gets. He never gets outside. And 
something that other one joy on the inside if they're joying some of your life it's still in there because it's not outside and it's not noticeable peace on the inside <laughs> it must be there because it's not outside and your countenance don't tell it Holy Ghost on the inside working ought to be working on the outside of you so that individuals could see and understand but I thought as I got into that I thought of the times when some of the old prophets of old saw Jesus or saw God I thought immediately of Isaiah in the sixth chapter when he talked about in the year King Uzziah died he saw the Lord lifted up high and lifted up and his train filled the temple uh, that almost gives me goosebumps I think, my God, if somebody back then could see that, had never experienced the power of God, don't know what it's like to have the Spirit inside of them, but they saw Him. That was an experience that this man needed. And the Bible says, in the train filled the temple. And then he saw seraphim. Each one had six wings. Twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And they cried one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the post of the doors moved. Thank God to stand someplace when the post of the doors move. God some way move the doorposts of our heart and our spirit and move us into your presence. Let us feel a shaking of the temple of God one more time in our spirit before it's too late. Let there be anointing overshadow us and move us into direction. God, let us leave our water pots where they're at and let us move into the presence of God. And then Isaiah said, what we ought to say. Whoa, it's me. You know, it's amazing how many half-hearted Christians can sit in the presence of God and never be challenged by Him. I mean, we carry our same old, old, old spirit, our same old fleshly nature, our, 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 our same old pride, and we carry that all around. And even as we sit in the presence of God, we are determined that we are not going to let anything change our lives. Preach, Brother Hostball. Come on, you guys out there. Smile at me a little bit. I'm digging around. I can tell when I'm digging around at you. I can tell when you squirm and you don't like it. And that's not what I'm here for. I want you to understand that there is a need. And if we don't do something about that need, the powers of hell is going to overshadow us. And he's going to take us. We have lived this type of life far too long, and God is interested in us being what we can be. And Isaiah said, Woe is me. And you can't come into the presence of God, or should not, without being challenged like he was. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Standing in the presence of God and listen, I've been in the presence of God a little bit and a lot. And if I ever thought I was anything, if I ever had the idea uh, that I was aged and perfect, just come into the presence of God and meet Him in an altar of prayer someplace and let this kind of glory overshadow you and all at once you're being, going to be saying, God, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the world filled with uncleanness. But you see, a lot of us don't want to get that close to God because we'll have to say that. 
And we have these things built up in our old ad of nature, grudges we've carried around for years and for days. And we are determined that we are going to keep them. But you see, a visitation to the vine, a visitation to the presence of God, a visitation to the heart of God will change all of this. It'll bring us into God's presence. And Isaiah simply said, I'm just unclean, Lord. In other words, I'm not fit to stand in your presence. God, if every one of us could from the heart say that tonight, what a shaking of this building there would be. God, my lips are unclean. All the prayer, praise, and fasting, and all of the Christian acts that I've done, I stand in your presence. I'm unclean, Lord. I'm unclean. The Bible says then, one of the seraphim flew, had a live coal. There needs to be some live coals upon the lips of individuals tonight. You need to allow the Holy Ghost that's lied dormant in your life for a lot of time begin to burst forth. And you that don't have the Spirit of God, you need to lay your water pot down and start getting it. Amen? Come on, Brother Bill, Sister Peg, some of the rest of you. You lay your water pot down. Lay your ideas and opinions down and the things that bother you and get the power of God in your life because you're going to need it before the time comes. Your life can't be lived, and that doesn't mean that you've gone to glory because you've got it. You've got to allow it to be used. You've got to let it do something in your life. And it put a, took the tongs from the altar and took a coal and put it on his mouth and it touched his lips and it said, Your iniquity has been taken away. And then Isaiah said, I heard a voice. I heard a voice. And that voice was the Lord. And he's saying these words, Whom shall I send? And who will go for me? Oh, thank God. Listen, saints. Hear that voice tonight. Hear it tonight. It's not just one to Isaiah. It's one to this whole church and to this whole world. There's somebody out there that your life couldn't touch. And he's saying, Whom will I send? And who will go for me? And we cannot go in the avenues of our fleshly water pots. And Isaiah just freshly filled with God's power and his lips anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost simply says, Here I am, Lord. You send me. My God, that ought to escape our lips this night. And we ought to understand that there is a job out here for us to do. Praise, listen. I'm fired up on this thing. I'm concerned about this thing. We have played around and the tadpoles and the frogs and the world dies. And we say the same thing with our old water pots filled with fleshly desires. Hallelujah. Say amen a little bit while I get my breath. God, you're doing a good job tonight. Yes, you are, Lord. You're doing a good job tonight. Better than I could do with all of the intellect and all the notes that I could possibly have in, in my being. Isaiah says, listen. I knew I was unclean. I knew that I had a job to do, but I, I was unclean. Praise fire from heaven. 
burning coal from the very throne of God, symbolic of the power of the Holy Ghost in our life that cleanses us and makes us speak with lips of clay with the fire of God in our life. And God needed somebody. He needed somebody. Israel was in the same shape the United States of America is today. You young people, listen to me. This is good for you too because you're living in a life and you're going to be someplace that a lot of us might pass on and you're going to need what I have to say. All right, because it's something that every child of God needs and you've got a whole world ahead of you and you've got a whole life that needs to be lived and some of your older folks might be an example to them also and point them to the way and realize that we daily need to come in contact with God. Presence of God and Isaiah had a job to do and I'll say it again, it was almost the same as our United States of America. And Isaiah said, I can't do the job. Not with this old water pot. Not with this old fleshly, habitual nature ruling me. I get so sick of gossip. I get so sick of pride. I get so sick of, uh, of flesh. Sometimes and I look myself in the mirror sometimes and say, I don't like you. I don't like you at all. Because when I come into the presence of God, I see my downfall and my failures. And I have to say, God, if I'm going to be used, if I'm going to look in the faces and into the souls and in the spirit of your people, I've got to have a refreshing and I've got to have it every day. I've got to have some courage because now listen, I feel like it's coming and I am dreading it. I feel like it's coming when God is going to require out of his leadership to look direct into your spirit. I can do it now and into your life and speak just like Jesus spoke to challenge you, not to hurt you, but to salvage you. And I know as well as I'm here how a lot of you is going to buck up like a rooster and say, I don't believe that at all. He's just picking on me. And this is going to separate the men from the boys. All right? And you're not going to be able to come into the house of God and set with all of these things upon your life and on your spirit and set with a judgmental spirit because it will be called out. Amen? We need to understand that God's not in the playground business. All right? We've got a job out here, saints, to do, and we're not going to be able to do it unless there's a freshness of God breathing in our spirit. And that simply means, again, what is your water pot tonight? What is your water pot that you haven't left yet? Search your own life. You know what it is. Some of you right now have a water pot. And God is saying, leave that thing. Leave that. It's not going to do you a bit of good. Leave that thing and go out and tell the world that you met something better than that. That there is living water, springs of living water. In other words, I can find him in the morning. I can find him at noonday. I can find him at night. I can find him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Anytime I ask for him, I can find him. Ezekiel saw a vision of some living creatures. Afterwards, God said, Ezekiel, stand on your feet. 
and the Spirit entered into him. Ezekiel had a job to do too. And the Spirit entered into him and set him on his feet and spake to him and said, Whether they will hear or not. I want you to understand this. Because Ezekiel was given his job and Ezekiel was told it's not going to be an easy one. Ezekiel was told that they'll set their faces of flint against you and you're not going to have very many converts. But he, he said, I want you to speak and if they will not hear not, yet shall they know that there has been a prophet among them. Don't you ever forget, saints, that there's been prophets in the midst of you and whatever you do in your life, and they're still there, and whatever you do in your life, you're going to stand before God, and you're going to know that somebody stood and watched you and told you of your life. And Ezekiel left his water pot, and he went out and did the job. Remember Elijah? Remember him just off of the top of my head? Elijah had done a great work he had got down on himself after he did uh, Jezebel sent him running he thought he was the only one <laughs> wasn't anymore and uh, then God showed him what the still small voice of God was and remember then Elisha knowing probably that he's going to be uh, caught up calls Elisha and throws his mantle down and says come and follow me and Elisha simply says, Lord, just let me go back and take care of a few things. I'm not sure what Elisha wanted to do. Uh, but Elijah just simply said, hey, do what you want to. I just throw the mantle down and it's yours if you want it. And that's what God's doing here tonight. Do what you want to. Go home with your same old water pot. Go home with your same feelings. Go home with your same anxieties. Go home with your same pride. God just saying the mantle's down here. I throw it down and it's yours if you want it. It's here tonight if you want it. There's freedom of whatever's bothering you. There's power enough to fill you with the Holy Ghost. There's a revival in the Spirit that can break out. And he's saying the mantle's down there. Pick it up if you want it. If you want to go home with the same nature you came in with, it's up to you. He stowed it down. Elisha had to pick it up. Elijah didn't hand it to him. And God isn't handing it to you either. He just stowed it out and said, Salvation is yours. Deliverance is yours. Peace is yours. Release from all these things is yours. But I tell you what, you're going to have to trade your water pots for that. You're not going to go home with a well of living water and your water pot at the same time. There's going to have to be a difference. And Elisha said, well, in that case, have noticed what he did? He went back and he took his oxen and he took his plows and he burned the oxen, slayed them and burned them. That was his life's work. That's where he made his livelihood. I mean, that was, that was God, or Elijah, asking him to give up his past life. He's asked a lot of us to do the same thing. And we shout over the fact that we have God in our life and we haven't given up very little of our old past life. 
Good preaching, Brother Hoskoff. We still hang on to our old habits. Anything that irritates us, sets us off. And we don't care to bring that in the house of God. And sit there and let it bind the service. And it can. That's why it's necessary that before long, this stuff's going to leave. Because God has to have unity, and God has to have His Spirit, and God has to have something to work through. He can't allow it. Now, there's not a sin in the world that can bind the service, but one saint can. Because we're one body, and should be a one mind, and one can bind it. You come in here with that type of spirit, and you are binding your service, and you might cause somebody not to get their healing. Because you left, brought your old water pot down, and you set it down there, and you're determined you're going to take it home. Make any difference what God says. You want to fire me, you go ahead. Amen. You, don't, you can't fire me because you didn't hire me. Amen. You can leave and you just go ahead and do that if that's what you feel like you ought to do. But I'm here to tell you there needs to be some changes. I'm here to tell you that there needs to be a freshness in our life. There needs to be some things got out of there. We've carried around all this time. And then we moan and we cry around. Don't know, don't know why mom's not healed and dad's not healed and brother's not healed and sister's not taken care of and wonder why we can't get anybody in the house of God and we carry old trash in here. And then wonder why people don't want what we've got. My God, have mercy on us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. I've said often, listen, I'm not too good to apologize. I've said something intensely or unintentionally that has hurt your feelings. It's not God. I will apologize on my knees, but I'll not apologize for one single thing that God tells me to preach. Not one single thing will I apologize to you for. If the shoe fits, you just have to wear it. If you want to get out of here, if you want to get to Poo's mouth and leave out of here, that's fine. You'll suffer for it. There's a lot of people out there in this world today that's suffering simply because they would not put down their old water pot. It is saying just the same, dependent upon the same thing, going to that well every day, going there in the hot sun, same old thing when... We've been offered a well of living water springing up into eternal life. Elisha burnt those offerings and cooked those oxen with his plow and gave the people to eat and come trotting after Elijah and said, I, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Elisha said, Elijah says, you'd better be with me. When you see me go up, you better stay close, boy. And he tried his best to get Elisha to go here and go there. And Elisha says, no, sir. No, sir. That mantle you throw down, I want it. I want that mantle. 
I want that. And I'll, I'll, for the sake of everything that I ever had in my life, for the sake of my own nature, for the sake of my own life, I've given it all up. I've burned it all up. I'm following you, Elijah. And he said, now, if you're with me, when you see me go up, <laughs> he said, I'm going to be there, boy. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Listen. If you're here with your life dedicated to God, when Jesus comes, listen, there's going to be a lot of them standing here watching you raise to meet him in the air. When he went up, Elisha picked up that man. God says, what do you want, Elisha? Oh, he could have said, hey... I'd like to have a ten-room mansion, and I'd like to do a, drive a Rolls Royce. And I'd like to have kings and palaces and golden money. But he saw one thing. He saw one thing in Elijah that he wanted. And he said, Lord, I just want a double portion of the Spirit of Elijah. That'll suffice. And he got it. And he got it, but he didn't get it with his old water pot. He didn't get it with his old Pentecostal nature, his old Presbyterian nature, and his old Baptist nature, or Nazarene nature. He didn't get it with that. He got it with a nature of Christ, desiring and wanting something inside that says it's better than this. Listen, saints, Christian life is better than this. It's better than the way we live it. It's better than the way we claim it. It's better... We just haven't picked up the mantle. We still got old water pots. And it's filled with old water that it's going to you're going to thirst again. I'm going to close in a minute. Jesus spent three and one half years preaching, speaking, talking. Enlightening. Because with those individuals he had spoke to, he was going to build the church. And then when he was getting ready to leave, he went out on the mount and lifted up his arms and he blessed 500. And he said, now before you can be witness, before you can fulfill that which I have set you to do, you're going to have to lay down your old water pots. And you're going to have to go to Jerusalem. And you're going to have to stay there. And you're going to have to tarry until you be endued with the power from on high. And then you can be witness. 500 walked away with the same old water pots. 120 decided it's worth it. I don't understand it, Lord. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you mean when you said, uh, you shall receive power. I don't understand what it is. I've never felt it. I've not known what it is. All I've saw and followed you, I know who you are, and I trust your word. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to just lay down everything. Family and friends and jobs and everything else. Come first. Because it was a direct command of Jesus that before you could witness, 
before you could be what you're supposed to be, you had to go to Jerusalem, designate a spot. Ten days, they stayed there. Die 